I'm feeling so small. I'm standing here weeping as I'm coming clean of the secrets I'm keeping. 'Cause I've caused so much pain to the ones I love the most, and I'm falling apart as I carry my heart to. As we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter nine, 
verses 1 through 10. Cherubim are mighty angels. One of the functions of the cherubim was to serve as guardians. These angels guarded the entrances to both the tree of life back in Genesis and the most holy place we find in Exodus, with their wings stretched out over the ark's cover, the place of atonement. These two gold statues were believed to support God's invisible presence. Here they are called the cherubim of divine glory. That's uh, what we'll read here in this passage today, referring to God's glory which hovered over the ark of the covenant. Now the high priest could enter the most holy place, the innermost room of the tabernacle, one day each year to atone for the nation's sins. Now the most holy place was a small room that contained the Ark of the Covenant. It was a gold-covered chest containing the original stone tablets on which the Ten Commandments were written, a jar of manna, and Aaron's staff. Perhaps you saw the movie uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. That was uh, all about searching for the Ark of the Covenant. Well, the top of the chest served as the atonement cover, the altar in other words, on which the blood would be sprinkled by the high priest on the Day of Atonement. The most holy place was the most sacred spot on earth for the Jews, and only the high priest could enter it. The other priests and the common people were forbidden to come into the room. Their only access to God was through the high priest, who would offer a sacrifice and use the animal's blood to atone first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. The people had to keep the Old Testament dietary laws and ceremonial cleansing laws until Christ came with God's new and better way. All right, let's begin our reading now here in the New Testament. November 8th, the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 9, verses 1 through 10. That first covenant between God and Israel had regulations for worship and a place of worship here on earth. There were two rooms in that tabernacle. In the first room were a lampstand, a table, and sacred loaves of bread on the table. This room was called the holy place. Then there was a curtain, and behind the curtain was the second room, called the most holy place. In that room were a gold incense altar and a wooden chest called the Ark of the Covenant, which was covered with gold on all sides. Inside the Ark were a gold jar containing manna, Aaron's staff that sprouted leaves, and the stone tablets of the covenant. Above the Ark were the cherubim of divine glory, whose wings stretched out over the Ark's cover, the place of atonement but we cannot explain these things in detail now. When these things were all in place, the priests regularly entered the first room as they performed their religious duties. But only the high priest ever entered the most holy place, and only once a year. And he always offered blood for his own sins and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. By these regulations, the Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance to the most holy place was not freely open as long as the tabernacle and the system it represented were still in use. This is an illustration pointing to the present time, for the gifts and sacrifices that the priests offer are not able to cleanse the consciences of the people who bring them, for that old system deals only with food and drink and various cleansing ceremonies, physical regulations, 
that were in effect only until a better system could be established. Psalm 106, verses 32 through 48. Israel constantly turned away from God. How could they turn from God and worship the idols of the land after the great miracles they saw? Well, we also have seen God's miracles, but sometimes find ourselves enticed by the world's gods. Power, money, convenience, fame, sex, pleasure, all that stuff. As Israel forgot God, well, so we are susceptible to forgetting Him and giving in to the pressures of an evil world. Remember all that God has done for you, so that you won't be drawn away from Him by the world's pleasures. We'll also read about the fact that God allowed trouble to come to the Israelites in order to help them. Our troubles can be helpful because they, number one, humble us, number two, wean us from the allurements of the world and drive us back to God, number three, they uh, vitalize our prayers, our troubles, number four, allow us to experience more of God's faithfulness, number five, they make us more dependent upon God, Number six, they encourage us to submit to God's purposes for our lives. And number seven, they make us more compassionate toward others in trouble. And in verses 44 through 46, we'll see that this is a beautiful picture of God's great love for His people who deserved only judgment. Fortunately, God's compassion and mercy toward us are not limited by our faithfulness to Him. God was merciful to us in sending His Son to die for our sins. If he did this while we were captive to sin, well, how much more merciful will he be now that we're his children? Psalm 106, verses 32 through 48. At Meribah too, they, the Israelites, angered the Lord, causing Moses serious trouble. They made Moses angry, and he spoke foolishly. Israel failed to destroy the nations in the land as the Lord had commanded them. Instead, they mingled among the pagans and adopted their evil customs. They worshipped their idols, which led to their downfall. They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters. By sacrificing them to the idols of Canaan, they polluted the land with murder. They defiled themselves by their evil deeds and their love of idols was adultery in the Lord's sight. That is why the Lord's anger burned against his people, and he abhorred his own special possession. He handed them over to pagan nations, and they were ruled by those who hated them. Their enemies crushed them and brought them under their cruel power. Again and again he rescued them, but they chose to rebel against him and they were finally destroyed by their sin. Even so, he pitied them in their distress and listened to their cries. He remembered his covenant with them and relented because of his unfailing love. He even caused their captors to treat them with kindness. Save us, O Lord our God. Gather us back from among the nations so we can thank your holy name and rejoice and praise you. Praise the Lord the God of Israel, who lives from everlasting to everlasting. Let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 10. Never abandon a friend, either yours or your father's.
When disaster strikes, you won't have to ask your brother for assistance. It's better to go to a neighbor than to a brother who lives far away. Shame is up. 